Welcome to the Core to Three podcast. This is episode 78, and I am your host, Spencer Breedlove. And I'm Lisa Breedlove. That's the other host. The better host. The better host. Just kidding. The finest host. We're equally disappointed. Mm, We are. I don't know about that. We're a good team. Well, you are the golden voice. Thanks, honey. Of the Core to Three podcast. All right. So on our podcast, we hope to inform your mind, inspire your heart, and ignite your joy. We're going to talk about things that are going to make you think, laugh, or cry sometimes, all three. So wherever you are today, we encourage you to join in in the conversation by sharing this podcast on your socials, talk about it with your friends, share it with your families by text message. And now in this week, we are going to continue the conversation about people in the Christmas story that rarely get mentioned. And the person we're going to talk about tonight and this week, he's, he's a not, villain. He's not a very good dude. He's the villain. He is the villain. <laughs> he is in he is evil. And we're going to answer the question, why talk about evil at such a precious time of the year? Does that make sense? We're yes, going to talk about evil. It does. Right. We said this is Christmas season, and we like to think <clears throat> joyful tidings. But like we said last week, there's a lot of hard in the Christmas story, if Very you really read so. all the parts and understand what's going on. So, But before yes. we do that, Lisa. Yes. You got a question? For I do. I have some Christmas would you rather's. Oh, really? Yes. Christmas would you rather's. Yes. Okay, here you go. Would you rather meet the Grinch or Ebenezer Scrooge? You got to pick one. Scrooge. Really? I would rather meet Scrooge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I would rather meet Scrooge because of the transformation that took place in his life. Well, that's what I was thinking, Grinch. I was thinking post when his heart grew three sizes that day. But okay. So there was transformation in both, but in in both of them. But I think I would rather uh, have a conversation with Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay. Okay. Businessman. Maybe you could talk to him like that. Mm -hmm. I was thinking. Scrooge, you're acting like a kid. Quit being so grinchy. And he had the <clears throat> the the different experiences that he had in in the story. Yes, being visited. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Those, uh huh. Okay. Those. Okay. Kind of powerful. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got another one. Would you rather Buddy the Elf be your friend or Frosty the Snowman? Frosty the Snowman. That's what I was going to say. Maybe just because when we grew up. I would say Frosty the Snowman. Except. I'm just not a. I did think. Big fan of. Oh, Elf is funny. I know Elf is funny. Okay. And it's one of the best okay. Christmas movies around. But I'm just not a Will Ferrell okay. kind of I know. You have to get fan. past that. I know you've said that before. But yeah. we're not thinking of his Will Ferrell. We're thinking of him as Buddy the But Elf I can't separate funny. the two. I, you do have trouble. Well, I thought about Frosty, though. I would be very sad, though, because Frosty would melt once it got warm. And I love warm weather. I'm a tropical girl. Not Matt very... asking the, he asking the service today, 
He asked everyone to raise their hands. If you were an island Christmas, Mm -hmm. palm trees, Mm -hmm. breeze, or were you a snowy Christmas? There was literally, I looked around, four people's hands, and I was one of them in the very front. For island Christmas? (laughs) For island Christmas. Not very many people. (laughs) But see, that's my strategy. See, nobody really wants to go to the island at Christmas. No. So nobody would be there to bother me. (laughs) That's why it's perfect Christmas. (laughs) No. I'm just warm be weather. A little easier I'm just warm weather. So fr- it would make me sad, like the little girl in, in Frosty the Snowman. It'd be a little easier to decorate a palm tree. Yeah. Just put some lights up the trunk no, of the tree. No, no, no real branches. No. Just put lights around the trunk. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> okay. One more okay. Christmas Would You Rather. This was the one I was waiting to ask you. I'm really interested to hear what you're going to say. Would you rather have 20 small gifts or one big gift? I would rather have 20 small gifts. <clears throat> because you like to open I presents. I like to open presents. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather have 20 small ones than one big one. And I didn't say... Unless the one big one... Was like a brand new truck. A truck. Okay, then I'll take a one big one. <laughs> but give me 20 small ones. Yeah, I think I'd be like that too. I I'd, I'd rather have different. Yeah. Yeah. I like. There's something things. that's just good to the soul. Good for the soul in opening gifts. Um, Is that why you opened your presents early one Christmas? Why do you got to bring that up? <laughs> Why you? Why you gotta do that? Because I, I just wanted to hear your philosophy. I wanted to know what I was gonna get. That's, but that was naughty. Uh, to open your presents early. Do you know? Do you know what I did? Did you think it'd be good for your soul? Have I ever told you like the whole story? I don't even remember what the gift was, but well, the I tell story you how I, did it? I know were. It was your parents had maybe put the presents in the trunk. No, they were in the closet. I looked in the in trunk. In a closet. I looked okay. in the trunk. They weren't there. See, see, that's the problem, Spencer. Your parents having to hide Christmas presents is purely because of you. Mm-hmm. Being nosy. But, but I am not the only child that has looked <laughs> for their Christmas presents. I, I know didn't. That. I wanted to be surprised on Well, Christmas. you... Are all perfect. Wait, and so, I know that there are more children that have looked. It is not. It is not naughty. It is it's naughty. normal. It is normal. No, it's naughty. It is normal to go and look for your Christmas presents. <laughs> and this is what I did. It ruined the found, surprise. I, it did ruin the surprise. See, because I knew what. So I was, was get. this? This is not the trunk. This is they were in a closet. No, I looked in the trunk. They were not there. Oh, and so I began to get creative and figure out okay where could they be uh-huh and so are you getting look, up in in the middle of the night to do this i'm either home alone okay or i'm sneaking don't leave your kids home alone parents i'm sneaking around don't I'm trying look to at find their it. christmas presents so i get a knife yeah you slice the tape i slice the tape very carefully. oh my goodness very carefully this is premeditated and naughtiness 
sliced the tape very carefully, opened the box very carefully, and I find the gifts. I'm like, this is awesome. It was awesome because you had to leave them and couldn't play with That's not awesome. And then I felt guilty. Yeah. I felt guilty. Because then, I, then, then I was like, I gotta cover my tracks, and so, I have to act surprised when I, open and I have to act surprised when I open them. Oh, so I found some tape, and I thought you taped it back exactly, I, yeah, over the old tape, over the old tape. I thought I did it right. Well, Maybe what happened? Did your parents figure it out? I'm sure they did, but they never called me out on it. They did it. They never said anything. No. They never oh, did. Okay. Did you open your brothers? Like, how did you know whose was whose? I didn't. I didn't know whose was whose. I mean, we didn't have Amazon back then. I know. So when you opened them, how did you know it was actually going to be your present? What if you got I to Christmas morning and, you, and it was actually your brothers and you're My like, brothers. oh, man, I thought that was for me. <laughs> Well, we we would not have gotten the same stuff. Oh, okay. Mine would have been okay. completely different. Would have been different. I'm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you didn't tell Wes, hey, Wes, I know what you're going to get. Oh, no, I would share the secret. <gasps> you tainted a young, innocent. He wasn't that much pure. younger. Well, he was innocent till you drug him into your <laughs> illegal dealings. <laughs> Terrible. Do I need terrible. to just start confessing? Terrible. Even more. Terrible. Terrible. Even about the time that I took 10 bucks from my parents. No, we can save that so for that another time. So that I could time. skip school the next day and go to Putt Putt and play all the video games oh, on $10. The thickens, people. <laughs> I was not. We thought you were the good child. I was. <laughs> oh, boy. I was. But, I mean, I it didn't wasn't do perfect. any of that stuff. I wasn't stuff. perfect. Okay. All right. That was my Christmas questions of the day what was your answer oh i said 20 as well 20. because i like different packages and i like ribbons and bows and different things so one might be something really really useful and another present might be something you need something might be a surprise yeah it's fun to open gifts all right well, how about a little update okay so we can start with today and work backwards is coming to an end it for is. this year, half of a year, a school you have year. Four and a half days. No, no, let's not even say four and a half. How about just four days and four an days hour? And a couple, and a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Four days and a party. That sounds four like days a movie. and a party. That, that sounds like a movie. That does sound like four a movie. Four days and a party. Four, four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> okay. Four days and a party. Four days and a party. Yes. So we had our Christmas program, super sweet and worshipful last week. And just. There's just some fun things going on. I try to have fun with the kids this these last few days in class. There was one kid that <clears throat> he was dressed in a black suit. He stood out. He was very short. On the front row. Mm -hmm. I don't know what grade he was in. He's fourth grade. Is he? Wait. No, he's fifth grade. I don't he's know. Fifth. He's fifth. But the way he was standing... Uh -huh. In the black suit that he was wearing, mm -hmm. and the face that he, the facial expressions. Yes. I'm thinking, man, he'd be the perfect fit for being in the Munster family. Like Eddie Munster. Why? 
and oh, to geez. be a part of like uh, the staff for a funeral home. I'm thinking, man, he'd be a great fit for my friend how Adam that Carter. Goes together with monsters. And yeah, funerals. because I don't think you made a very good analogy. He, yeah, I did. No. What about the monsters? Does that have to do with the way he was standing? He was stiff. Oh, oh, I get it. A stiff for the funeral. I get it now. Okay, okay, that's funny. Sorry, it took me a minute. Oh my goodness. Okay. Whatever. The things that you notice, I was just... Hey, I, got I a, was watching the ones that couldn't stand still, how about, be still, and how about face as, forward. As far as updates go, you yes, know, what's how up? about a joke? This oh, is a joke no. that I heard this week. I, know, I really... I, I'm going to relegate you to Can, only telling jokes every now and then. So, Because I have to see them on the family text okay. already. So for people that are listening, this is a good oh, joke. I'm going to tell Lisa, what do you call a broke Santa Claus? Saint, I don't know, Spencer. Tell us. Saint Nicholas. <laughs> get it? Saint yes, honey, I get Nicholas. it. But it's just. He a broke Santa Claus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. That's a good dad joke. It was definitely a, it was dad, a joke. Good dad joke. And it's even funnier that you laugh so hard at your own. Well, they're not jokes. really my own jokes. I get them from my. No, but when source. you tell them, it's like it's you just funny. have fun laughing at yourself. It's funny. It. Yeah, okay. It's, yes, that was cute. I'm just trying That's to That's a cute one. Yeah, I can tell that tomorrow. Saint Nicholas. Okay. All right. Yeah. Are we ready to get to what we're going to talk about on the podcast? Well, or do you have an update? Well, I did get to preach from my friend Matt today. Yes, you did. I mean, we're sorry that he I mean, was I'm, very sick. Yes, but he wish did, him well. He did. You know, he reached out. His wife reached out. And said, "Hey, you think you could be on standby? Mm-hmm. I think Matt's not going to be able to preach." I said, "Sure, no problem. Just let me know." And it's a sweet church. And within so the next thirty minutes, mm-hmm. they said, "Hey, uh, we're going to need you." Yeah. So. Thank God for saved messages in the in the files. And you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, I'm glad you got to do that. And I I do. I know they appreciate being able to fill in for mm. for pastors that are the only staff at their churches, oh, that's and hard. they don't have anybody that they can lean into and onto yeah. for filling in. And I'm like, hey man, just let me know. I've been there. I know what that's like when you're the only person. So and you got to deal with it. So. Yeah, it was a good service. Um, good service. The The music is always lively. And that was one of the things I told the church out there uh, at Lexington Baptist Church in Lexington, Georgia. Uh, I just told them, I said, y'all, every time I come here, I said, the one word that rings in my heart and in my mind is the is life. Mm-hmm. It's just full of life. Mm-hmm. That's and great. The the music is just yeah. I mean, there was baptism this morning. Oh, today. Yeah, yeah. it was baptism. They had um, they had a uh, parent child dedication uh, for one child. His name was Gideon. Oh, yeah. Biblical name. And yeah. 
They had the parents, had the grandparents, had aunts, sweet. had the whole, a lot of the family that was up there. It was just a sweet service that was just full of life. I love that. And every time I've been there to mm-hmm. to preach, it mm-hmm. it's just full of life and youth and vibrance and I mean you name it and God just continues to bless them in, in some pretty incredible ways and um, it was just it was great to be there it really was very thankful for that opportunity so it's good and then uh, that was about it for today that's big came home day. and rested mm-hmm. it's kind so. of one of those afternoons with the weather mm-hmm. yeah finished up our decorating this weekend so let's dive in yes this story so we're going to talk about herod the threatened king Mm -hmm. and jesus the king of kings okay and in the book of matthew in chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 and then also in 16 through 20 um, we read about king herod herod the great you want me to unpack who Herod is real quick before sure. we dive into the Yeah, scripture? do that a little bit of, of some history. Yeah. Don't do go into all of it, but Yeah, yes. so you have King Herod who is at this point he has been appointed king of Jude, of Judea in 40 BC. So this is uh, you know, 40 years prior to the birth of Christ. Uh, he was the, he was appointed king um, by the Roman Senate um, at the suggestion of Antony and with the consent of Octavian. Herod Herod um, at length overcame some opposition which the country made uh, to him, and he took possession of the kingdom in BC thirty seven. So still quite a few years before. Uh, the birth of Christ. Um, Herod uh, was known as a brave and skillful warrior. He was very uh, educated. He was very well educated. He was uh, shrewd in his um, in in his dealings, um, but he was also incredibly suspicious and cruel. He was a cruel and suspicious king. So there was some fear that he operated out of. Um, so much so that he destroyed the entire royal family of Hasmoneans that, and, and put to death many of the Jews that had opposed his own government. And not only that, but he proceeded to kill even his wife, who was of the Hasmonean line, as well as the two sons that she had born to him. So oh, that's terrible. He, I mean, he was a cruel dude. So, I mean, and that he, was all because of and his two children because of the line, the line from him, which they came. Him, the trying royal to family of the Hasmoneans. Spot, yeah. Wow. Yes, that's terrible. And mm. and then he would put to death many of the Jews that opposed his own government. Uh huh. Um. So, acts of bloodshed. Um especially uh, and especially by his love and imitation of Roman customs and institutions Uh and by the burdensome taxes imposed on his subjects, he alienated the Jews um, and was unable to regain their favor 
um, even though he restored their temple and yes. and had other acts of generosity that that he would demonstrate. He eventually died when he was seventy years old um, in the thirty. Uh, it was the thirty seventh year of his reign, um, and so he eventually died. And in his closing years, that's when John the Baptist and Jesus Christ were born. And that's when Matthew. His latter years, that's when Matthew okay. narrates okay. that he had commanded all male children under the age of two in Bethlehem to uh-huh. be killed. And this is Herod the this Great. This is Herod the Great. Okay. This is not Herod uh, Antipas who had that John the later. Baptist uh-huh. beheaded. That was his son. That was his son yes. who did that. Yes, his son. So, anyway, that's a little bit about who. Herod is. And so that sets up this passage in Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 1 through 12 as well as 16 through 20. Okay. Okay. So Lisa's going to read this for us. All right. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me the word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all of the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, 
Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. Hmm. All right. Who was Rachel? Oh, you got to go way back in the Old Testament. So you had Jacob that worked for Rachel. And remember, Laban tricked him. He married Leah first. But mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But Rachel is where the line of Jesus comes through. Yep. And Jacob, who married Rachel. Yes. Eventually became had a name change. Whose name was changed to Israel. Israel. So it's really interesting to see that passage, uh, and in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter thirty-one, verse fifteen, that's where that verse comes from. Yes, so prophecy. It was, it was prophecy foretelling. Yes, I don't know. I, I don't know right off, you know, the the age or the distance oh, of yeah. time um, from from Jeremiah Jeremiah's to the to this fulfillment. Wow. Yeah, but. It was a long time. Yeah. I mean, shoot, just, and I don't, we'll mention this in a minute, but, you know, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, it was 400, 400. years of silence. Right. That's just after the writings yeah. to the, right, onset. So it was hundreds of, of years yes. that Jeremiah spoke this, and now you're seeing it play out. And, you know, the thing that really... Uh, got me on this is that um you know you you there are songs about verse 10 when they saw the star you know rejoiced they rejoiced with great joy Joy. Uh you know great song but nobody nobody ever talks about herod nobody ever talks about um it's kind of like an afterthought yeah like there's no there's no conversation about who Herod is and why he was upset and what he was going to do. He was threatened, right? And what he did. Right. And he thought he could His have His plan this. was let them find him, and then obviously he would just go and kill him. Right. And then when the wise men don't return back to tell him... He's ticked off. Yeah. He says he's furious, angered, and so... In his anger, then he's like, "Well, then I'm killing anybody that would be in that age range." All so, the yeah, he sent to and under, and he killed all the male children in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Here he is, the king of Judea, and he kills all of the male children in Bethlehem where Jesus was born. Those and children that were the, two years old, two years old and under. Yeah, the soldiers that had to go do that, though. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're his subjects. I mean, that's but, evil. Yeah, and it's just flat out evil, and and it was very clear. What the other thing is, it's very clear Across is how. Is how you see God move in protecting the wise men, but yes. also protecting Jesus. Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. Yes, correct. Yes, that they were to go to that they had to go to Egypt to seek refuge. Mm-hmm. That the for the wise men they had to go in another route so that they could go back to their own uh, countries without stay having away to from face Herod. Yes. Herod. But they were they were made known. 
that information was given to them in the in a dream. And so it's really interesting to see how God was moving and communicating to the people involved in the story mm-hmm. and how he would communicate in a dream or how he would communicate in visions uh, to key people in this story specifically to protect the life of Jesus. And then when Herod was dead, what happens? You see an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, rise, take the child and his mother and go back to the land of Israel for those who sought the child's life are Are dead. dead. Mm -hmm. And so what, so what you're, what we're reading here is a conspiracy to take out the life of Christ because of the threat that he was to King Herod. Yeah. And I know we have all the scriptures here in front of us, but if you look at it early in what I was reading, he called for them and the wise men knew what the prophecy was. Yes. And Herod didn't. Right. (laughs) You know, it's just in stark contrast, these men wise and learned, you know, they had obviously studied this and they knew what the prophecies were. That was part of their training, I Mm -hmm. guess, Mm -hmm. and had been handed down. And here Herod knows nothing, you know, and he's calling on them. And oh, only if Herod knew the rest of the prophecies. (laughs) So why talk about evil at such a precious time of the year? Why do, why do we talk about this? Why do we? There's a couple of reasons. Yeah, I think there's I think there's quite a few reasons mm-hmm. that we should talk about the this evil at such a joyful and precious time of the year. Uh, the first thing the first thing that I would say is number one, we need to understand the gravity of the situation. In other words, we don't need to take for granted the story of Christmas and wrap it in a bow. We need to understand the gravity of the situation that, that the, 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 the Christmas story begins with. Well, you go back to the beginning. And Correct. Jesus has to come because of sin. Mm-hmm. Being in the world and our separation out of that perfect union with our Savior and Creator. Well, so, in Genesis, it had to happen. It had to happen because in Genesis 3, verse 15, God tells Satan after the fall, after Satan had tempted mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, and after Adam and Eve had fallen and disobeyed God, uh-huh. God is having a specific conversation with Satan, our enemy. And he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And what he was talking, what God's talking about there is God is foretelling of the crucifixion of Jesus. But he's also foretelling that Satan will be defeated. Right. You may, you may bruise his heel, but buddy, we're going to knock your head head. off. Mm -hmm. 
we're going to crush your head. Well, that's just it. You will have no more influence. You will. He, God is telling Satan, you may be evil right now, but eventually I'm going to take to this out mm-hmm. by taking you out. And here's how I'm going to do it. Well, you said, you know. That we shouldn't be duped into thinking just all the niceties of Christmas because God didn't just say, okay, well, one day I'll send Jesus and, you know, that'll be something happy and it can be a holiday. The whole reason he's sending him, yes, is to save us from our sins and to defeat the enemy. And I mentioned it last week that this was a war move. This was a battle yes, a move. Battle. This was a battle move that, that God took at this moment in time yes. to fulfill what was stated as far back as Genesis chapter 3. Yes. And it's and this was the beginning of that of that work that God was going to do in order to bruise the head of our enemy. And so the birth of Christ and the way that it came about being born of a virgin. All right. He's a hundred percent God. He's a hundred percent human. And it is a miraculous, impossible way for a woman to become with child. Uh It was impossible. But God caused it. And there began the the work to bruise the head of our enemy. Mm-hmm. So we've got to understand the gravity of the situation that this is not just fun and games. It's not just to have a good story and all this kind of stuff. No, this is this is a battle this move. This is eternity. And this yes. is and eternity is at stake. Yes. Your eternity, yes. my eternity, it's right. at stake. So we got to understand right. the gravity of the situation. That's right. why we talk about evil at such a precious time of the year. Got to okay. understand the gravity. The second thing is we need to understand the timeliness of God's move. Oh, yes. Definitely. We need to understand the time. You can probably speak a lot more into this on the timeliness of God's move. I know, you know, between, like I said a minute ago, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's a 400-year gap where some people call that a 400-year silence. Right, which which is existed. true in the sense that God was not speaking through the prophets anymore. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't giving visions. There was no word. He had sent all of that, and it was all pointing from the Old Testament to the time when he would send his son. But God was still working just because there was not a communication with his people during those 400 years. He was working and moving. And yes, if you understand history, that was the rise of Alexander the Great was during that time. And so he was conquering his empire Mm -hmm. in that region. And with him conquering all of those places, the spread of... Of the Greek language. Yeah. Which play that forward, okay, and the Romans take over and you've got, so you've got this unified language. Then with the Romans, you have the 
ships. You have the aqueducts for the, you have roads, the road system that was so advanced. And all of that was how God got the spread of the gospel around Mm. in the world. Timeliness. Yes. And God was orchestrating all of that. All that. And he was using people. I mean, Alexander the Great was not a good guy either. So, you know, he's he's still, that just shows his sovereignty of him still being in control. No matter who these people were, his will was going to be accomplished. Yeah. And he was working to do it. And all of those historical things that happened then was how the spread of the gospel occurred after Jesus was resurrected and the disciples had to get to these places. How did Paul do his journeys? Right. (laughs) Because of all this other stuff that had happened before allowed him to do that. And it would have been a lot harder. And they had the language that they could read the scriptures and hear hear the scriptures. Right. It's amazing. Very timely. Mind-blowing. And that's just it. He sent his son at the right the right time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. The third thing that I, that I mentioned is that we need to understand the promise and the fulfillment of prophecy. Hmm. That God's word always comes true and it can be trusted. That's good. Isaiah 9. Six and seven. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. That's Jesus. Yes. That's spoken by the prophet Isaiah hundreds, hundreds of, years, of years ago. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no, no. end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now, that was Isaiah hundreds of years ago. We see this. And the people took him at his word. I mean, that was correct. the point. God used the prophets to speak these things to say one day. Right. Now, let's take it all the way to Revelation. Okay. To Revel- Revelation 19, verse 11. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. That's Jesus. And in righteousness, he judges and he makes war. Mm. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice mm. and righteousness. And righteousness. From this time forth and however forevermore. We see it even played out through Revelation. Which yes. that that part is is coming. That 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 verse is coming and we we believe that. So we talk about evil at such a precious time of 
the year because we need to understand the gravity of the situation. We need to understand the timeliness of God's move. We need to understand the promise and the fulfillment of prophecy that God's word always comes true and it can be trusted. Yes. It says his name is faithful and true. Correct. That's who he is. And we also need to understand that all of this was for us. Mm. All of this was for us. Yes. Every bit. It's personal. Because God loves us. Yeah. And and desires for no one to perish, but for all to come to eternal life. And the gravity of our situation is that without Christ, we're doomed. Without Christ, we have no hope. Without Christ, we have no peace. Without Christ, we have um, nothing. nothing. We have absolutely nothing. But with Christ, we have everything. And in Christ, we have, he's our refuge. He's our stronghold. He is our place of hope. He is the one who fights our battles. Um, he's everything that we need. Mm-hmm. He has everything that we need. And God did all of this for us. And we need to understand that, that from the moment of Jesus's birth, people wanted him dead. Yeah. Evil people wanted him dead, but God kept him alive. God kept him alive until the right time. When to, he laid down, his when life. he laid down his own life. Yes. He said, nobody takes it from me. I'm going to lay it down myself. And he laid it down himself. And then God raised him back to life, forever defeating the enemy, bruising his head, even though Jesus' heel was bruised. Mm -hmm. He bruised his head, knocked him out, took him out so that we could have life and we could no longer have to face the enemy alone. So we need so to there's good news in Christmas. Oh, holy cow, yes. And I think I think in understanding the whole story and the things that we've talked about today maybe gives you a greater appreciation for the gift that he's given us mm-hmm. at Christmas. And maybe even uh, more of an urgency to want to share that with other people. So here's a question. I didn't have this in our notes, but here's a question. How does this, because a lot of times we're talking about marriage, we're talking about life and family, and what do families do with what they've just heard right here? What do couples do with what they've just heard on this? You got anything? No? No? So as I think about that question, uh-huh. I think we need to understand that the marriage that you have with your spouse should be a reflection and an example of the relationship that Jesus has with his church. Sure. We say that. We talk about that. It needs to have, it needs to reflect that. And what, 
what Jesus did by laying himself down, he gives that as a model for the husbands to lay down your life for your wife. But then for the wife, you know, and we were having this conversation with someone, with Elizabeth actually, about how the wife was to be, quote, submissive. And, but it, the truth is, is that both the husband and the wife submit to each other, submit to one another. Mm-hmm. It's not about one lording it over the other, it's about both. It's in a tandem, yeah. Both are serving the other by laying themselves down for the other uh-huh. because they love one another deeply. Uh-huh. And we talk about this in the, in the, in the evil at such a precious time of the year. And we can apply the things that we've heard here today into our marriage so that other people can see light. They can see the hope, the hope. Mm-hmm. that you have in your, in your marriage and in your family and can be pointed to, uh, hope and peace, uh, where there may be mess and failure and regret because God, he exchanges your mess for his mercy. He exchanges your regret for his righteousness. He exchanges your failure with his forgiveness. Mm. And, and he loves you that much and he did it and he continues to do it. So anyway, that's good. That's, that's how I think we can take it. I like that. So I agree. You got anything else before we wrap it up? Well, I was just going to say I would encourage listeners as well. You know, this time of year, there's so many churches that are doing services, specific Christmas Eve services or Christmas, um, just special Christmas services. Find something to go to as a family. Find something that um, you can worship, that you can reflect on the meaning of the season. And, and do it as a family. I guarantee you it'd be special. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, we are grateful for the opportunity to be with you again this week. We hope that you have a great week. We yes. hope that you are experiencing great joy this year uh, during the Christmas season. And uh, Lisa and I are very thankful for the messages that you send us. Um, and the encouraging words that you share with us. Uh, if you could, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. We are grateful for those too. Um, if there's anything we can do to pray for you uh, and serve you in any way, you can always reach us uh, by email or on our pod- or on our uh, Instagram page, and I'll have those in the show notes for you to be able to connect with us. And remember, as we always say, that two Two are better better than than one one, and and a a quart of three strands strands is not easily broken. broken.